2: now
4: Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to a special episode of Thursday Night Live Stream. Joining me in the studio tonight are two Florida congressional candidates, K.W. Miller. He's running in Florida's 28th district and Peter Arianez in Florida's 22nd. These gentlemen are 100 percent MAGA, America first. ...running up against the rhino machine. You know, you'd think living down here in the freest state in the Union, we wouldn't have to worry about that stuff. But let me tell you, it's not everything you might think. So, I am having a special presentation with these gentlemen tonight. We're going to be going through a roundtable talking about the issues facing Floridians and, of course, the rest of America. Do me a favor, don't forget to like and share this broadcast on your favorite social media platforms. Right now, we're live on Getter, Rumble, over on Odyssey, and of course, my friends, The Foxhole. Now, please, without further ado, join me in welcoming our guests for this evening, Peter Arianas and K.W. Miller. K.W., and Peter, how are you tonight, gentlemen?
5: Doing great.
4: Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Here, listen, uh, Peter, you are up in uh, the, the upper left-hand portion of my screen, so I like to go clockwise. Let's start with you, sir. Uh, well, before we begin, i got to say, you've got some pretty awesome artwork behind you. It looks like uh, some laser-cut steel pictures, obviously, with the patriotic uh, inspiration there. Tell me about that real quick.
6: Yeah, I, I listen, I, 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 hear the, I hear people telling us that we're America First candidates. And I'm all for that, but somehow it's gotten diluted. But let me tell you something. I tell people, I say, look, I love my country. That's all it comes down to. I love my country. This is why I get this stuff because you want to know something? I'm proud of it. I'm proud to display it. I'm proud to have it, you know, and I have this behind me. I've had it on my wall, and people are like, that's really good. You should do your podcast, and I'm excited about it. And the one in the middle here, this one, that's my Spartan shield. What you know about me, I don't know if you know that I'm I'm a descendant of the 300 Greeks who fought Thermopylae, who fought against tyranny. So I had to get a shield. So awesome. and it's it just fun to have.
4: Well, so it's in your blood. I got to say, absolutely love it. Uh, and then, KW, how about yourself, sir? How are you tonight?
7: Uh, doing great. Thank you. you know, always always a pleasure to, to spend time with patriots.
4: Beautiful. So, gentlemen, um, I would like to first know a little bit about you guys And why you are currently running for the offices that you are in, in a a broader sense, what got you into politics and kind of uh, spurred you on to get involved? KW, let's begin with you, sir.
7: Okay. Well, first of all, uh, I spent 30 years in the energy and infrastructure sector, worked all over the world, primarily, you know, uh, Europe, Africa, and and the Middle East. But uh, when I I started to tail off and get close to, I hate to say retirement, because I'm not retired, I'll never retire. Uh, you know, I started to look at our backyard, uh, and this was going back around 2015, 2016, right around the time when, you know, the, we'll call it the MAGA movement really started, which is really just a constitutional movement. Let's, mm. let's call it what it is, just, you know, bringing the Constitution back to the forefront. Um, it was clear that we needed to have a platform for the country to gravitate to. So I founded the America First Political Committee. So I'm the chairman and founder of America First. That was my give back to the country. And I I had no intention of being a politician. I just I just wanted to promote conservative constitutional values, uh, you know, help get America back on track and use my expertise in the energy and infrastructure and finance sector to, you know, kind of help us rebuild our industries here in in the country. Well, what what happened is as time evolved, Trump got elected then Trump lost 2020 election. Then we've had all this, you know, uh, all this radicalization uh, in in our government, and our federal agencies and it it just got to the point where I could no longer just sit on the sidelines and promote conservative candidates, which we still do. Uh, I was asked and tasked with running in Florida's 28th congressional district against what we consider to be the number two rhino in the country. Uh, The number one was Liz Cheney, and and I'll talk about that in a moment because we were instrumental in removing Liz Cheney from Congress as America First. But, uh, you know, uh, we, we had We we ranked candidates, we ranked congressional reps in Florida, and it just so happened that in my personal district, we had the number two bad actor in the country. His name is Carlos Jimenez. Uh, We can talk about that as well. Uh, So I uh, agreed to put my money where my mouth was, and here I am, and uh, a week away or less than a week away from a primary election, and right now it looks like we're going to win.
4: All right. I like hearing that. So, yeah, everybody, obviously, I'm in Florida. These gentlemen are in Florida. If you're in Florida, the primary is on the 23rd, which I believe is Tuesday. That's the day after I return from the Moment of Truth Summit over the weekend. Uh, Now, Peter, same question to you. Uh, What was it that got you involved in politics? And tell us a little bit more about yourself.
6: Sure. I I can almost mimic the same story that KW have. I did not want to be in politics. I was having a happy life. I was good. I had money, I had an apartment, I was good. Problem was is that I saw the direction of our country and I, my daughter's in college and she's, she's looking to start a business. And I started thinking, is there going to be a country here to have a business? And like I said, whether you like Trump or you not, you don't like Trump, the message he kept saying is that we the people, we the people, all of us, we need to step up to save our country. He's one person. I mean, I, I, I. he's one person. He's not a savior. But the fact is, he kept putting it back in our hands. And I thought after a while, I kept thinking we need to step up, just like K.W. said, we need to step up. We need to get this right. It's not going to take one person. It's going to take us all. Our forefathers printed or, or, or signed this Constitution. And how, how amazing is it that it still holds true That that the three words, the biggest words in that in that that document is we the people, because they wanted us to know we are the ones who have to step up. You can't expect government. There can't be one person. We need to step up. We need to do the right thing. And I wanted to do the right thing for my kids and my my grandchildren. I wanted them to have something to say, you know, we can have a country. My my parents were immigrants from Greece and uh, they used to tell me the stories how my grandfather used to fight communism. And, and like I said the my 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 ancestors who fought tyranny and I'm thinking it's my turn it's my turn to fight. we have to get up and we got to do the right thing. And right now, like I said, I got into this race uh, and and I have to thank my friend uh, uh, Jessica Prescott a uh, uh, West Jess because you know her better as who, who was there the day and just said to me you got to do this Pete and and I did and I went, I've been I've been running full speed ahead knowing that this is what we have to do. This is the right thing. This is how we win our country
4: back. Uh, Well, amen to everything you guys just said. And I do need to say I would be remiss if I forgot. Big shout out to Key West Jess. Uh, She is out there in the chat and she helped us put this together. Another Florida patriot working to uh, put America first. Now, something you said there, guys, is something that I I, uh, am constantly echoing. You know, President Trump, one of the first things he said was that he was going to return the power to we, the people. Uh, So that we could get away from this failed and broken establishment. And it truly is failed and broken. The federal government has forgotten that they work for us, we the people. And we have forgotten that power that we hold. And President Trump did an amazing thing. He showed us what was possible when one person stood up against that failed and corrupt establishment to see what was possible when you decided that, you know, against all odds, you were going to get involved. And that's the only way, in my opinion, that we are going to successfully Defeat that failed and broken system. Every single one of us has to get involved, whether it's running for office, as you gentlemen are, whether it's becoming a precinct committeeman, whether it's, uh, you know, just signing up to uh, to work at the polls that make sure that nobody's stuffing the ballot box and nobody's uh, uh, chasing you out for not wearing a mask. These things can be done so simply, but unfortunately, with, uh, you know, just the rigors of life and, you know, this has been done by design people have been forced into you know 60 hour works work weeks they've been forced into taking care of all of these things that occupy their time they're their uh, force fed entertainment and uh, and little messages on their phone and social media and people pay attention to everything but their government. And they're not taught civics anymore. So this is something that I love seeing this resurgence of civics and and learning how your government functions and what everything is being done so that you can get involved and start making a change at home. So, (laughs) so, Peter, I'd like to know a little bit about the candidates that you're running against. Obviously, uh, we're in the primary, so you're running against uh, other Republicans. What does the field look like?
6: uh we there's five of us in total uh uh one of the things i've done from day one a a year and a year and change when i started i don't put down i don't throw dirt i tell people this is how they this is who they are and this is it i i've always said from day one we need to pick the best candidate to beat the woman running the incumbent so we can get her seat so let's work together and get the seat so i have like i said four different candidates one of them one of them is Adebadeemi uh, she's someone who's lived here for a long time uh she's got an, a background in in uh i forgot what i forgot exactly what it was uh, in in, in she has a, a money kind of background which w- which is great she's a wonderful person uh
4: always nice like I said, uh,
6: <laughs> yeah, she, she's. A, she's a, I, I think she's pretty nice. Some people disagree with me. I'm not going to sit here and tell you anything bad about her. Uh, Kelly Kerry uh, Lawler is another one. She's she's also running. Uh, she's got the same kind of background, financial services kind of kind of background. Yeah. Uh, wonderful. She's also, I believe, I, I, and all of us are America First candidates. Okay, but we're all rookies. We've never done this before. None of us has ever run a race before. Um, we have Rod Darulis, who's a Who's a 32 uh, year old uh, who's worked in D.C. as a uh, um, part of Trump's uh, organization as an intern or something like that? Uh, don't know exactly. Like I said, I, I tell people ask him. That's what you need to do. Another guy, he gets along great with my son, and, and my son's he's actually my he's going to help my son get on the football team in college now. And I'm like, I, I love the guy for that. So and then, and then we and then we have uh, uh, Dan Franchise. Uh, another great guy. Like I said, I've known him the longest we, me and him. I have, a, I have an agreement from day one that one, we're not going to throw dirt at anybody, especially each other, but we've also made an agreement, gentlemen's agreement that whenever whoever wins this primary, uh, the other one's going to come and jump on board in, and, and be a huge supporter. And That's I said great. that to all, my, all of them. You have to listen, we gotta, we need to start working together. Cause when you start hate. you start hating each other and you're fighting each other before primary. When someone wins the primary, then no one wants to work with them. Right. I'm like that's not good. We can't have that. Especially if we want to take our country back. There are people in place right now. They have they they're very organized. Usually the mafia, they call them the organized crime, but right now they're calling them Democrats. And I'm like, you know, hey. you want to call them the organized crime and that's fine, but I'm not going to get I'm not going to go down down that road. But like again, I'm running against good candidates and like I said I I want all the voters in district 22. I've been repeatedly saying this for a year. You should research the people, research the candidates and pick the best candidate, the one who's got the best shot at beating this woman. That's the only way you can do it. That's the only way I believe you can do it. you got to be able to do that and get people to the polls, just like Trump did. Trump did it by getting everybody to the polls. Again, got everybody to start thinking we need to step up. At the very least, we need to vote. So and that's what I'm telling people. Find the right person and grab your neighbors, lock arms. Relatives, put them in the minivan and get over to the polling places and get every live soul to the polls.
4: <laughs> well, <laughs> you know Peter, I, I absolutely respect that. You know, you're, you're right. We need to work together. And uh, once you get through a race like this, oftentimes there is a lot of mud that's slung back and forth. Uh, but if you can make it through without having to say negative things about the people that you're running against, that's awesome. I, I think it's especially great when everybody is uh, running as a, a first-time uh, political candidate. But I suppose the question is, why are you the best candidate to beat out all of those other people in your district?
6: Well, you know, it's often asked that question, and, and I keep saying myself, I don't like saying why I'm the best candidate, but I'll tell you this. Uh, one thing I have is I've got experience with business. I've had eight different companies. so I have an idea of what it is to manage people and what it is, what to do to get people to do the things that we need to get done. OK, second, I worked for FEMA for about six years uh, for the past for the past seven, eight years. I've been working in emergency management, disaster manager, hurricane hits, FEMA sends us. We go there, I get on ground and then we go there and we put everything back together, get the money to the people. And it's, you know, you go to a disaster and try to bring things back to normalcy. Sure. OK, so I have I have a lot of experience with red tape. Picking you know, up the I, pieces. I, <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, the, the, and, and what that what bigger mess than, than Congress right now. KW, you can agree with me. That's a mess up there. So we need yes. some people who can hit the ground running and say we need to clean up this mess and bring it back to where we used to be and make this make this a great country like it was years and years ago. I can't remember how Democrats and Republicans, we used to get along, hey, listen, give me your idea. Maybe we can figure it out. Now we're so opposites. It's like, come on, guys. We can't have this. Yeah. So I feel that I, I'm good at putting people together. Uh, I, I can... I, one of the things I keep telling people, I understand a lot of people in my district. I've owned a business, okay, and I've had a job, okay. I I I was I cleaned bathrooms when things were terrible, and I've had a six figure income. So I I I do the spectrum. Now I have I have multiracial children. I call them Greek ricans because they're have Greek. That's a good one. That is good. <laughs> so, and, and I get and again I have fun with it, but you know what's funny? that people do understand like. He's just a regular guy. I was like, look, I don't take myself seriously. I take this race seriously. I take this country seriously. So to ask me why I think I'm better, because I look in the mirror, I go, of course you're the guy. Like I said, I don't put down anybody else either. You
4: know what I mean? Well, I I, I like your approach. I I certainly like where you're coming from. Now, KW, there is something to be said uh, for keeping the mud out of the political race. But you've already told us that you're running against a rhino. And I think there is something to be said for calling out corruption where it exists. So let's hear about your race and why you think you are the best man for the job.
7: Well, okay, so... (laughs) Let me let me second that uh, we we clearly and it's actually one of our campaign and our at America First and in my campaign, uh, uh, you know, call it slogans, which is we need adult supervision in Washington, (laughs) D.C. You know, we need a lot of adult supervision because we've got some seriously uh, mentally deficient individuals on both sides of the party. Absolutely. Uh, Now, I wear two hats uh, just to refresh your audience. Remember, uh, I have the America First hat. Where I help candidates like Peter, or or you know, you know, I'm not working with Peter specifically, but I you know we would promote and look for the conservative candidates uh, to run in Congress against uh, either an existing uh, Rhino, aka Socialist Democrat, or to get you know the best conservative candidate through a primary so they could challenge you know a radical leftist Democrat like Lois Frankel. Right. So Peter, Peter in his district, just to be clear, is in a situation where. He's running uh, against other Republicans, and they're essentially duking it out to determine who, to, with the public, to determine who the public thinks is the best Republican candidate to go after the sitting incumbent, which is a leftist Democrat. Correct. Now, now in my particular case, the 28th congressional district, I'm not running against uh, 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 other Republican candidates. I'm running against an established, documented socialist rhino. OK, a.k.a. Democrat uh, named Carlos Jimenez. And we are not slinging mud. You see, there is a difference between slinging mud and, and attacking somebody's personal personal personality or attacking their voting record. Uh, America first is very simple. We only go after your voting record, period. The end. If, if you're getting primaried by me or America first, that means you have a problem. Sure. Okay. That means you have basically voted the wrong way consistently uh, uh, on a systematic basis. So, in our case, or my case specifically, Florida's 28th congressional district, which is Southwest Dade County, uh, literally from uh, what we call Cayocho, 8th Street, all the way down to Key West and and west of the turnpike. We've got a situation where uh, uh, Carlos Jimenez used to be the mayor of Miami Dade County. He uh, was known as Lockdown Carlos. He locked Miami down. He locked Miami Dade wow. down during COVID. He destroyed small businesses. COVID money disappeared. Uh, it was never distributed. Uh, he, he 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 saw an hour opportunity to grab power uh, and that socialist power, and he exercised it. Mm. So in many ways, somebody would say that socialism uh, at, at work, but really it's somewhat fascism as well. Yeah. Um, so uh, then when he got into Congress, and he and he. he he, he tried to do a kumbaya and say, well, no, I'm really a Republican. Well, uh, before he got elected in the Congress, we had to look back on his record. He voted for Hillary Clinton, openly mm-hmm. supported, endorsed and voted for Hillary Clinton, openly supported and bo- voted and supported Barack Obama. Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton agenda supporter. OK, this is all while he was in uh, the Miami-Dade mayor seat and council seat or commission seat mm-hmm. in 2020 he was able to slide into the republican seat because as you recall everybody was uh, so desperate across the country to get an r elected right. well this this r turned out to be a d okay mm-hmm. and we knew he was a d but he wasn't you know we weren't dialing in on him as america first in 2020 so once he got into congress what did he do he acted like a d he quacked like a d and he basically voted like a d he voted against the second amendment twice okay hr8 and also The uh, uh, anti-Second Amendment uh, uh, infill in uh, the $1.5 trillion Mm -hmm. omnibus spending bill. He Mm -hmm. voted for vaccine mandates and lockdowns. He voted to essentially open the border and allow uh, legalization of another 20 million criminal illegal aliens, trying to get them to vote. He voted basically... Uh, for uh, the removal of Marjorie Taylor Greene from her committee assignments in Congress, voted against his own Republican. He openly supported Liz Cheney. Mm -hmm. He was one of Liz Cheney's biggest cheerleaders. He voted for the January 6th inquiry, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. AKA witch hunt against American citizens and Republicans. Um, He voted to send billions of dollars to the criminal Ukraine government, which is a Without a doubt, and I can tell you this because I was in the energy infrastructure business my whole life, mm-hmm. next to Russia, the most corrupt criminal government in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, the list goes on and on. He just recently voted to codify and I and look I, I want to caveat this I believe any American can be what they want to be, but he voted to codify uh, same sex marriage, homosexual marriage, and America first position on that is the only marriage we recognize is a man and a woman. Now mm-hmm. we're not saying you can't have partners. That's not what we're saying. We're saying legal marriage. And the thing about that was 30 states, over 60% of the voters in 30 states had already voted to basically write into law that the, legalized, the legal definition of a marriage is between a man and a woman. My point is he doesn't uphold Christian family values, right? Mm-hmm. And, he, and he professes to be a Catholic just like Joe Biden uh, Joe Biden basically, uh, for example, is saying, Oh, I'm a pro abortion person. Well, you can't be Catholic and Christian and support abortion. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work that way. You either have to abandon your faith. Okay. And, and, and go one way, but you can't be both. And that's the problem with Carlos Jimenez. So he's sitting there saying, I'm a, I'm a a Catholic and I'm a, I'm a Cuban Catholic. Well, let me tell you right now, I'm, I'm half Spanish. It doesn't work that way. (laughs) Okay. It doesn't work that way. So my point is, uh, we are actively and aggressively going after his record, but that's just pure business. Because you know what? As you if said, if you if you don't go into Congress and and vote uh, along the Constitution, along the party lines, that not party lines being a Republican or Democrat, but along the lines of a conservative constitutionalist, then you basically are not fit for that office. No, and and so what Jimenez has done is said, well, I'm an independent thinker, and I can basically do what I want. Well, our position is absolutely you can. You can retire or you can you can basically switch over to the independent ranking and be an independent and run as an independent. But you can't run as a Republican. Yeah. OK. And vote with the Democrats, period. The end. And so so we're very strict. Uh, and, and so we're, we're really, we really after after we get rid of Liz Cheney. And I'll talk about that. Uh, we turn all of our guns on Carlos Jimenez not just me, America first, because his voting record is so bad. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's 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 straight up leftist Nancy Pelosi, radical Democrats, leftist Democrat voting. So I want to distinct, distinguish between the two primary, you know, a competitive primary between a re- Republican uh, group of people to go after a Democrat. But I'm 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 a rhino hunter. OK, as America like first, that's all we do. We hunt rhinos uh, and I don't spare anyone. If you have a voting record that's left. We basically go after you and we tag you and we're, we're coming at you on your voting record. We don't care what your personality is or what your lifestyle is. That's not what we do. So I want to be clear on that. But anyway, that's what we're doing. Uh, so I'm wearing the America first hat and I'm wearing the congressional candidate hat.
4: Well, I, I can absolutely respect everything you've just said. And you're right. There is a distinct difference between calling out corruption, calling out the abdication yep. of one's responsibility, uh, wearing one hat just so that you can get elected and then completely doing something that the people who elected you are not going to be uh, pleased with. So, uh, one thing that's very important about this is the educational aspect of it cannot be understated. You know, this goes back to my earlier point, you know,
2: Oh
7: fighterflare.com.
3: People
4: are just busy nowadays. They are working harder so that they can buy less. Their wallets are slimmer, and they're worrying about how they're going to be able to pay their bills, if they're going to be able to put their kids in college. And they don't have the time to do the deep-dive research, necessarily, on the voting records of uh, of who their uh, congressional candidates are, the people who are even in office. All they hear about it is when it ends up on the news or when somebody like your organization— actually is able to put that information out so it's vitally important and uh, i absolutely love that and let me just say gentlemen both of you are speaking to the choir my audience is very well educated uh and everything that you've mentioned here tonight uh, are certainly issues that they hold near and dear to their hearts now i would like to hear from both of you on what you believe is the most important issue america is facing right now let's go with you first this time kw
7: well, I mean, look. I mean, it, it's without a doubt. Okay, it, it's really two. You're you're asking me to, to to take a really critical. I know it's a hard you know,
4: question. <laughs>
7: fail, fail. We're t- we're a failing nation. But uh, but look, you, you cannot be a nation without closed borders. Okay, mm-hmm. without without border integrity. Uh, I can talk to you all day long about the fact that uh, we're going into unsustainable debt. But but before we even get there, uh, you are not a nation without secure borders. Period. The end. Uh, and you can look at. I can take I can take anybody on a field trip to Africa to Asian nations that are poorer than poor, but they will secure their border. And 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 you know what? They're very tribal. When the other tribes try to get into their country, they ship their ass back. Or in many cases, I hate to say it, they fight. Mm-hmm. But you know, typically speaking, they're very tight because they know they take are poor nation. They can't afford to feed the other poor nation, right? Uh, and take a country like Hungary, which is the which is an amazing example in Europe. Hungary, when when you had this massive influx of essentially uh it's not just a syrian immigration uh during during you know the isis regime but you really had a massive influx of africa and north africans and you know syrians and others just pushing through greece and, and trying to get into europe billions and millions it wasn't just it wasn't just a, a couple hundred thousand it was millions uh and it was millions very quick uh hungary said look we're not we're not having this you know you we're not going to follow this EU globalist, global elite doctrine that says we have to take in all these people just because. So they basically said, no, we're building – they didn't build a wall. They built a – well, it's a secure fence. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they let them come through Budapest train station, and they said, keep moving. And then they got the fence up, and they said, go around the fence. And Syria did the same thing. Okay. And so what you had was the, the, the refugees that really weren't refugees. What they were were just looking for an economic handout – knew exactly where to go. They went to Germany. They went to Sweden. They wanted to go to the UK. Okay, because you know why? Because all three of those countries have the biggest and the best welfare systems in Europe, where they get an apartment, a credit card, they get food, they get medical care, etc. They were not refugees in a governmental sense. They were economic refugees, basically looking for a handout. And that's exactly what's happening to the US. Every one of these 150 different countries knows that if they can get on U.S. soil, OK, that essentially they're going to get a debit card. They're going to get a cell phone. I don't get a cell phone. You're, you don't get a free cell phone. They're going to get medical care. They're going to get a free jet ride or a free bus ride. They're mm-hmm. going to get subsidized housing. They're going to get welfare, Medicaid. And, you know, look, let's face the facts. At the end of the day, guess who has to pay for that? The, oh, the yeah? American taxpayers. And, and so I said at America First, and we're documented on this one. Joe Biden got in office, and they took over the government, just like we basically went after them on the energy policy. We said in February of 2021 that over 5 million, we said 5 million day one, minimum of 5 million are going to come through. Well, and everybody said, well, you guys are crazy. You're, 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 you're overreacting. Well, we were, we were underestimating the number, okay? So if you want to know what the number one crisis is in this country right now, it's the fact that we don't have a country because you don't have a country without secure borders, in a process of 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 legalized uh entry and exit so that's that's the short answer from uh from america first and from kw
4: okay i like it all right and uh peter the same question to you if you can narrow it down to a single issue what do you think is the most important issue facing america today
6: i'll tell you man i love everything kw had to say uh my my issue my platform whatever you got actually ties in because my my platform is justice I I,
7: co- I coached him
6: <laughs> But he's got point there's an absolute point but here's here's my take on what he's saying right now we have two tiers of justice yep. one for the rich one for the for, for the common folk you know we have to have unbiased unwavering blind justice lady justice is blindfolded for a reason and right now She's looking at one and letting the, everybody else do whatever they want. That's in government, and the rest of us are down here saying, like, you know, what? What? I, I told you, I work for FEMA. Okay, we used to get cards that we put into our machines. I was going to say, I wish I had one here I could show you, but it's like a credit card. You put it into your machine, and that's how your your computer works. I got in trouble if I left it in the machine to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Go home for the day. That's your punishment. I'm like, really. OK, and then you hear about I'm not going to say her name. OK, but it rhymes with Linton. Uh, so she's got all these things in her basement. I'm like, how is she getting away with doing that? And then the rest of us have to you know, be punished for it. And that to me was we, we need to fix this. We need to get Constitution loving Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, guys who are going to stand for the Constitution no matter what. Okay, we gotta get them to call these people out who are not building our walls, who are who are who are going against everything that we're talking about. The constitution of First Amendment, the Second Amendment, everything. They're throwing these things under the bus. It's like, hold on, let's start holding these people accountable. Let's start making sure it's like, hey, look, we're gonna hold you to the the oath you took that said you're gonna keep. And fight for this country. Enemies outside and inside the country. And right now, we got a lot of them inside the country. And we need people to start stepping up. We need. We need our our our, our, our police departments and our our. Everyone that we can get on board that we can find that loves the Constitution like yeah. the American people do and call them out and have them put, have justice served. We, we can't allow this to keep going on this way. They're, they're running amok. The, 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 what is it? The, the uh, They're running the asylum. The, the, the inmates are running the, asylum. Are running it's the not, asylum. It's not good. We can't have that anymore.
4: Well, I, I absolutely agree. Well, I agree with both of you gentlemen. Uh, but I would say both of these issues are tied indelibly to the Republicans representation that we have in Washington, D.C. I'd like to know where you both stand on the safety and security of America's elections, because uh, unless we can be 100 percent certain that the people that we are attempting to elect are actually being elected and not selected, uh, then I would say these issues are probably going to continue. So, uh, Peter, this time first with you. Where do you stand on uh, election security here in America?
6: Listen, I think they're, listen, I don't believe they're secure. I think there's holes in, in our system. I've gone to our board of elections to, uh, to just observe what they're doing. I've had conversations with the with the superintendent, the deputy superintendent, and just said to them, I like, what about this? What about that? What about this? And they they basically look at me and say, well, no, no, we got this covered. I said, look, dude, I said, I'm from New York. I said, we, we, there's everybody's trying to scam us in New York. I said, but you know, I come here and I look at what okay. you guys are doing. And I'm like, what about this? Well, no, that can never happen. And then I'll give them an example. And what is happening, and again, we're not 100% there yet, but I can tell you, we're opening up the eyes of the people running the elections who are good people. We do have good people there, but they're afraid to step up because they don't want to lose their jobs. But they're starting to say, you know what? We can change this a little bit. We need to change that a little bit. Quite frankly, I was supposed to go to that function that you're going to as well. As so you can, I got a talking engagement on Saturday. So, but my thought is that there are people actually stepping up and showing the proof where they have to do something to correct this. They can't
4: let this keep going. Uh,
6: I, I do believe it's getting better than it was, but we still have a long way to go.
4: All right. And KW, how about you, sir?
7: Well, let, let's just take the primary elections in Florida, for example. There's a two-week early voting period, okay? Then before that, there's uh, there's the uh, absentee ballots. Now, granted, uh, they've removed, just theoretically, the uh, random drop boxes. Uh, and so the drop boxes are now at the supervisor elections office. But, uh, you know, there's no reason... In, in, in anybody's uh, uh, logic to have a two week early voting period uh, where you have uh, machines that are electronically linked uh, and can be tapped in. And essentially you can kind of see how the voting is stacking up in all of the races. And it, it leads to, you know, a conclusion that, uh, uh, you know, bad things can happen from there. So You know, I am a proponent. And look, I worked in Europe uh, a large part of my career. And I also worked uh, uh, and was the was the essentially ran a very large utility company called EDF, Electricity France in Europe, Uh, ran all of their unregulated or non-regulated businesses. And the French are bourgeois socialists. But I can tell you one thing, and you probably hear this. They figured out that even being socialist and bourgeois, they want to be they want to have their own socialist elected fairly. Right. So so they do they do or they do same day voting with paper ballots. OK, now, if the, the country of France, which is a straight up socialist economy and socialist government, and I can say that for a fact, can run uh, an election on a same day basis with paper ballots. I think we can do that in the U.S. However, we're a long way from that because the leftist socialist global elites have gotten us in a position now where, all of our election apparatus is is essentially linked and stored in third party servers, including China. Okay, so all of our election data—see, most Americans don't even know your election data is stored in a platform in China. Yep, these are facts. It uh, is. Number one, number one, number two—you uh, you, know—the absentee ballot, uh, mail-in ballot process is still fundamentally like Swiss cheese. You know, because, for example, as a candidate. Uh, if you want to go in and now look at uh, a, a quasi audit, you get an hour by the supervisor election to bring you or your representative in, and, you can, and they take the ballot, and put it up on a projector, and you can look at the signatures and see if the signatures right. match. Well, who the, hell has, who the hell can go through as a candidate or a candidate's representative uh, 200,000, 300,000? You know, signatures. OK. Uh, and, and and within an hour or two hours that they give you, it's impossible. Right. So. So, you know, it, the, the auditing function is broken because, you know, I know what forensics audit forensic audits are. I, you know, we do that. Uh, that's not a forensic audit. That's just a flyby, just to say, right. okay. I looked at a couple signatures. Uh, so then you've got then you've got the same. Then you got the, uh, the the primary day, which is you know take take our case. We've got two weeks of early voting, August eighth to August twenty first. Well, that's a lot of time for everybody to see how the votes are stacking up electronically the people that are tapping into the systems and they are looking at those, but the, but the, but the public can't see it and the candidates can't see it. You can go online and the supervisor elections will show you how many people have voted. That's it. They'll show you how many people have voted by precinct, by party and a number count, but that's it. You don't get to see the stack until when, when they start to report early voting. Okay. Uh, And and mail-in ballots uh, on voting day. So that basically means that 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 the inner circle gets to see the data, and the American people, the voters, and the candidates are flying blind. And therein lies the problem. You get a trilogy of just Swiss cheese. Uh, So, is it broken? Sure, it's broken. Uh, Is it fraudulent? It leads itself to fraud. Fraud. Okay, because it has so many holes in it. And, you know, that's the problem. And so do we have do I have confidence in my primary election count? Absolutely not. I mean, look, I'll give it to you straight. I couldn't tell you today or uh, I won't be able to tell you on the 23rd that the congressional district in Florida, 28, the count is is clean. I will. not I won't be able to tell anybody that. And I'm as good as they come in the business. We're as sophisticated as a group as we can as we can be at America first. I mean, we get in there all over the SOEs, but, you know, we don't get the ability to forensically audit the vote. So, yes, the system's broken, uh, and, and we're a long way from getting a fair and open election so that the American people have confidence. That's the difference
4: well perhaps once the midterms are done and we have an overwhelming majority of america first congressional representatives and senators we've taken back both houses of congress maybe that's something you guys can address now uh gentlemen i don't know uh who but uh one of you it has a a significant amount of background noise and the uh the audience is having a little bit of trouble hearing i I don't know what's going on but that's
7: me and i i apologize that's uh, that's me yeah okay yeah if it's
4: possible if we can address it but if if it's not not possible, then we'll all just try to muddle through.
7: I'm trying. Yeah, I, I don't know if I could do anything about it here. I'm going to mute. I'm going to mute when you're not talking to me. Okay. Okay. So there, okay very good.
4: Okay. Excellent. Thank you so much, Kato. appreciate that. Uh, now, I do have a couple of uh, questions here from the audience. Over on Rumble, where we go one, we go all 38. I uh, wanted to say thank you for all you do, Zach. Uh, can you please ask? Who the America First and/or Rhino candidates are for Orange and Sarasota counties, uh, Windermere and Northport? Do either of you have any knowledge about those areas? I don't personally. No, Peter. KW, anything?
7: We don't have uh, we don't have a position on those counties at this time.
4: Okay. All right. No problem. Uh, and then let me go ahead and check over here. And okay, that's the only one at this time. All right, so yeah, election security is a is a pretty big issue, obviously, uh, since you know we've been dealing with it quite a lot uh, for uh, for the last several years. I think uh, Americans are pretty fed up, and I have uh, a global audience and people who live in third world countries who tell me that uh, you know even in their nation there is something uh, as such as voter ID, and people come in and they vote on a single day. Oftentimes they use their finger and they uh, they, they stamp the paper ballot. And uh everybody is, you know, relatively certain that they know who voted for who and whether or not those candidates are the, the ones that they uh, intended to put into office. Um, I'd like to ask you uh, also about uh, a little bit more about the corruption in the federal government. You know, um in, in my opinion... Uh, the federal government has gotten way too big. Uh, and one of the reasons we have that unequal system of justice, whether it's, uh, you know, in, in the investigators in the FBI or uh, the people that are prosecuting in uh, the DOJ or the recently more than doubling of the size of the IRS. Uh, you know, this is a serious issue. And I think right now the United States government's like one of the largest employers on the face of the planet. You know, and that doesn't really do a lot to help us with issues in, in terms of balancing the budget. Uh, we are in runaway inflation right now, and uh, adding another $750 billion to that budget is not going to do anything to solve that. Uh, Peter, do you have any ideas on uh, the potential, um, you know, impact that we can have if we were able to reduce that size of the government and anything you might be looking to do about it?
6: Oh, let me tell you something. I, I'm, I'm, I heard something. KW again, you're going to have to pay me for after, after this. <laughs> <laughs> he mentioned, he mentioned forensic audit. Let me tell you something. My my brother-in-law was a forensic auditor for the air force. Unfortunately he just passed away a couple months ago. He was excited to go to Washington with me so wow. that we could go in and start checking where is all this money going? Where is our tax dollars going? And let me tell you something working for government for the short time that I was, I was frustrated because I was a private entity person and I looked and see when I was in FEMA, where our dollars were going. I was flabbergasted like, my God, there's so much waste. So I, I'm a big proponent of of shrinking government and, and literally putting people there that we need just a skeleton crew. We don't need a lot of people running the government. I think we can do it with a lot less. But the one thing I really is really starting to get on my nerves when I started hearing clumps of money going somewhere I'm uh, like, can we follow that money? Can we find out where exactly that money's going? Because quite frankly, I don't see it going from, from the United States to another country and then making it to where it's supposed to go. And I can tell you just this war, this war that's been going on that they're telling that we keep sending money at, I'm like, well, if that's the case, we should that war should be over. We should be doing such a better job with all the money we sent. And, and yet, no, it's not enough. We need to send more. Like, where is this money going? So one of the one of the primary focuses is gonna be on finding out where exactly are these dollars going and all the programs that we have on on the books. I'd like to find out how we can trim these and or basically find out where the money's going. Because if they're going to legitimate places, great. I have no problem with that. But when they're disappearing, I got a serious problem with that because guess what? That's our money. That's we the people's money and, and we can't have that anymore.
4: Absolutely. And KW said something earlier about Ukraine being corrupt. I absolutely agree. And, uh, isn't it funny how Ukraine is one of the most corrupt nations on the planet? Uh, they just like, uh, squashed all dissent. They put out an order to arrest independent journalists. They, they've murdered independent journalists and, also, the political elites of America and their children just happen to have a significant stake in Ukraine. Uh, Paul Pelosi, uh, obviously Hunter Biden. There's a couple of others, but uh, I won't get into it. And, of course, we keep sending billions and billions of dollars there. And uh, Ukraine doesn't look like it's going to do anything other than spend it or funnel it back into the pockets of people like Nancy Pelosi. Uh, all of the weapons that we're sending over there, they end up on the black market Uh, Just recently, Russia actually uh, sent a missile strike to a black market weapons deal that was being brokered by someone from MI5, and they were sending those weapons to people in the Middle East, and they were American weapons. So, K.W., I'd like to know uh, what you would uh, like to do about the bloated size of the U.S. government and what can happen with that.
7: Well, let me uh, me remind everybody of something called the Iran-Contra arms deal. Mm Mm-hmm okay that's exactly what's going on over in ukraine although uh you know the arms uh, the arms are being shipped all over the world uh and all of that money is not going directly to the ukraine government it's going to U- us agents and companies first mm-hmm. uh and so what they're doing is they're money laundering billions hundreds of billions of dollars uh in weapons uh you know so look i spent my entire career you know working overseas in the energy and infrastructure sector which means i dealt with the cia the nsa all of the 30 uh, actors in every country because they're involved in things and they need logistics so you know they come and they buy things legitimately the things they buy are you know power plants and you know power packs and and, and equipment and things like that but let's just let's just for the viewers uh summarize it by saying the Ukraine funding package from the U.S. government is not only 100% corrupt, it's it's not only 100% corrupt on, uh, fraud on the U.S. taxpayers, it's money laundering, and it's and it's essentially laundering U.S. military-grade weapons to bad actors. Mm-hmm. Okay, Now, do a couple of the weapons get to the Ukrainian military? Of course, a small percentage. Mm-hmm. The rest gets sold in the black market to bad actors and who are doing bad things, and that's been going on since the beginning of time okay so the military industrial complex is corrupt as can be now uh we did a video as america first i think a week or so ago uh where i it, it's literally labeled the u.s government is 100 percent corrupt,
0: mm-hmm. and
7: and that's a pretty bold statement and uh, you're not it's wrong absolutely i'm not wrong because <laughs> it, uh, we know we're not wrong uh and and so what i said as the chairman i said look you know uh you know the reality is People like me and if Peter gets in and others, uh, essentially what I would do is, you know, use my horsepower. What I want to do is take the Department of Justice, chop 25 percent off the head, chop the head of the snakes off. You got to do the same thing with CIA. You got to do the same thing, uh, you know, with the FBI. Now, the, the probability of being able to do that and also in, in, in the Pentagon is, is very, very small because right. they're so powerful. And because they are unaccountable, there really is no accountability. So what, what I'm saying to the, to the viewers and to all of you is this. The Department of Justice works on its own behalf. They, they don't take any instructions. Yeah, they may take some instructions from Biden or the White House. But at the end of the day, they're going to do what they want to do. The FBI is off on their own planet, all the way back to the Hoover days, after J. Hoover. They never, they've never been reeled in. Okay, the CIA is out, you know, always been out to lunch and the national security uh, 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 groups and also the State Department are all out there. So uh, it, it, my point to, to the American people is there is no accountability in Washington, number one. And number two is it's absolutely corrupt because I lived it. I mean, I didn't participate in it. I had to deal with it, okay, in the private enterprise. Uh, and, and I and I can tell you it's, it's an absolute fraud on the taxpayers. So when you look at... Uh, you know, take the $1.5 trillion omnibus spending bill that was done a few months back. $800 billion of that was military, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it, it, and, and Ukraine was earmarked $100 billion, you know, and, and it, we know it's a hell of a lot more than that at the end of the day. And then they keep, uh, they keep doing this. So uh, to summarize, you know, to put an umbrella on it, yeah, U.S. government's 100% corrupt. Of course it is. I know it is. I, I've lived it. Uh, the agencies are are 100 percent unaccountable. There's no there's there's no control of the major law enforcement uh, or intelligence agencies. It's it's just a fact they run on their own accord. The military industrial complex runs the Pentagon and and there's and and they don't really they're not accountable to anybody. Look at the problem Trump had. They didn't. They, they basically were. You know who you know who really forced Trump out? And I'm not I'm not defending Donald Trump. I'm just telling you facts. The, the military-industrial complex was really the the the, the 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 final knife in his back. They were the ones that really wanted him out. The Democrats and all their dog and pony shows and the Rhino Republicans were just the tools to do it, okay? Uh, because because Trump was not a, a war monger, so to speak. And when look at look at the facts, right? As soon as we got out of Afghanistan, what are we doing? We're back in Ukraine, mm-hmm. spending hundreds of billions of taxpayer dollars, okay? And you know, after we just lost our ass in, in, in Afghanistan and we got, you know, we came out of there with nothing and, and, and nothing but death, destruction, disabled veterans uh, who were half of them are sleeping on the street. The other half are committing suicide because I have a group that we basically try to keep them from committing suicide. You know, uh, you know it's it's an absolute disaster. So so, we, you know, the, the, the reality is the U.S. government needs to be completely gutted. Uh, can we do it? All we can do is try, you know, all we can do is try. So my mission is to be one of those people who tries to use my expertise to basically make a difference.
4: All right. I like it. And and as I said earlier, with that uh, brand new supermajority, I'm hoping that we get... Uh, it may be something that could legitimately be on the table. All right, gentlemen, we have just about 10 minutes left. So I would like to now switch to your district, each of you uh, individually. Peter, uh, I want to know what is the most important issue that is specifically facing the people of the district that you hope to represent?
6: OK, Uh in our district, like I said, we, we we've got a lot of different issues with a lot of water issues, a lot of a lot of just a lot. But I keep going back to the justice. There's a lot of things going on here. There's a lot of rhinos who are pretending to be like upstanding, you know, Republicans. And then you talk to them for two minutes and realize, oh, my God, what are you doing here? man? Get out of my face. Uh, but there's a lot of smaller issues. Like I said, we, we, we do have a, big, uh, a bigger homeless population here where we're, we're trying to, like, like I said, trying to uh, uh, get them help, get them going in the right direction. A lot of mental health uh, issues with a lot of organizations. I don't think we have enough people to handle that. Um, veterans, of course, I, I, my heart goes out to the veterans like these guys fought for us and we're doing nothing for them. Like we need to we need to fix that. We need to absolutely fix that. But like I said, we need to we need to also we need to focus, although we'll be in D.C., our focus has to be on our district. And right uh-huh. now, like I said, seeing the things that we need to fix, there's a bunch, there's a list. So but the top of my list has always been justice, making sure that we're holding these people accountable, uh, holding, holding Frankl accountable for some of the things he's voted for is ridiculous. So, yeah, we need to we need to jump on that and and, and get that taken care of.
4: All right. Excellent. Now, K.W., is there anything specific about your district that sets it apart from the needs uh, of the greater country at large? Is there something that's really pressing in your district?
7: Right. Well, so so for for your viewers, uh, my district is really the tip of Florida. Okay. Okay. so it's the Florida Keys. uh, It includes Florida Bay, which is a very sensitive water ecosystem that includes the Florida Everglades. Um, so it's a very, it's the most, I, I consider it the most ec- uh, ecological, fragile part of the state, uh, you know, for, for lack of better terms. And it's also part of the state that's growing, you know, and just like other, other parts, we're getting massive influx of uh, people from really all over the world putting mm-hmm. huge development pressure. So the, the things that I'm dealing with uh, in the 20th Congressional District are lack of workforce housing. OK, because not everybody can live in a five hundred thousand dollar, a million dollar home. Uh, you know, they've got to have a place to live. And, and there's there are families at work, you know, two jobs. They can't afford uh, a big home and, and they can't afford these excessive rents from these new condominiums and, and townhomes that are being built. Uh, so we've got to put in place what I call public private partnerships. Uh, and, and to allow that infrastructure to come in. And that's really what I do. And the problem you have in my district is the county commissioners in Dade County and Monroe County, which are two different counties that make up my district, they really, they talk about it, you know, like any other, you know, politician. Yes, when you work, for, you know, if you go to any event, it's always when you work for housing, but they have no idea what to do. So what I do is I raise money and I build infrastructure. So I know how to do it. So I'm, I have the ability to put that together because guess what? When you go to Starbucks or you go to McDonald's or when you go to Walmart or you go to Publix and there's nobody working to service you and you ask, well, where's all the help? Well, because they cannot afford to live in the district. Sure. Okay. So that's the first thing. The second thing is we gotta, we got to really work on uh, the clean water issues. And, and in my district, clean water is a serious issue because we've got two problems. We don't have enough infrastructure to support all the growth, which means we have to build water treatment facilities and sewage plants. So it's just, you know, it's, it's bread and butter stuff. But they're not doing it because nobody wants to be the bad guy that says, oh, you know, I'm county commissioner and I'm running for, I'm running for office again. Uh, I'm going to promote a new water treatment plant. Uh, but that's only what, you know, you're going to have to pay a few dollars more a month. Nobody wants to be that bad guy, but it's not a bad guy. It's just you have to do it. So you need somebody like me who basically is is indifferent to that, that that political pressure and come in and say, OK, I'm going to help you you know get through this time. And we're going to bring in public money and private money and build this infrastructure. And then finally, uh, you know, South Florida, the very tip of Florida gets dumped on by central Florida. Uh, all the dirty water really gets shipped down through Lake Ekechobee and pushed into uh, the canal system and it winds up in Florida Bay and it's not treated. So we're, we're going to have to, you know, essentially treat that water to brown water standards, uh, not drinking water, just brown water, you know, where it's like irrigation water. Uh, and, and, and we're going to have to build it for sure. So those are the things that I'm working on, uh, which really make a difference to everybody's life day in day out. Now do am I work and do I, am I clearly capable of dealing with the bigger issues in DC? Yeah. But you know, the district really needs help. And uh, the reality is the district hasn't been serviced. By either you know the the Rhino Republicans or the Democrats for many years. They've they really just have got nothing done. So my, my I'm a hands-on guy. So you know when I get involved, things get done. That's where that's that's where I'm focused.
4: All right. Well, you know, the reason Liz Cheney is now out of a job is because the American people want representation from people who will listen to them, who will actually vote the way that, uh, you know, is representative of the way that they feel and uh, what the uh, issues are that are important to them, obviously. Liz Cheney had a personal vendetta. A lot of other politicians are criminals, in my opinion. I mean, right now, Washington, D.C. is essentially an, an organized criminal organization made up of rhino Republicans and the Democrats uh, that uh, are just looking to further their own political careers and move on to that next big pension. Uh, we need gentlemen like you in Congress and uh, in all levels of government, state, state, uh, local, uh, state, and federal, uh, all across the board. So I, I applaud you both for getting involved. Now, uh, KW, please tell everybody where they can find you uh, and find out more about your campaign.
7: Sure, okay. So uh, so the, the the campaign website is really uh, the, the America First website because the, the positions are one and the same, and I wrote them. So uh, it's www.americafirstpc, as in Papa Charlie, or politically correct, .org, www.pc.org. And then our Facebook page, which is really, really very large, it's the K.W. Miller America First Facebook page. So it's K.W. Miller America First, you know, four words. And that's really the best place to find us because we have a huge national audience, although we're heavily censored by, you know, our friends on Facebook. Of course. Uh, any, anytime you put the words America First in there, you're, you know, they put the hatched mm-hmm. on you. But, uh, but we, we're, we're still alive and, uh, and very active. So, so those are the two places we encourage people to go. Uh, The website is where you can read the platform and read, you know, the Republicanism platform, the, the, the the Facebook page is where you can really interact and see the action day to day.
4: Okay. Excellent. Uh, Well, hopefully everybody will check that out. And uh, remember if uh, you are living in Florida, make sure you vote on uh, Tuesday and Peter, uh, I'd like to know the same from you. Where can people find uh, your campaign website? Where can they find more information about you and, and social media profiles as well?
6: Sure. Sure. Uh, Like I said, I, I, uh, we, our website is uh, flcd 22com which is Florida Congressional District 22com dot uh, But anything once you put my name in into into Facebook, this is Ariana's to Congress? Everything pretty much is just, just like our, our ads. Ariana's to Congress. Everything you put anything like that into our into into the computer, you're gonna go right to one of our sites. It's it, it'll always come up as as at least ten different uh, 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 listings that come up on Google or whoever. Uh, again, same issue that KW is having They're They're just blocking us every way they can. We just had another one this week. They're like, sorry, we can't do that for you no more. I'm like, why not? You've been doing it for months, but because it's getting close and they, I guess I'm over the target. So now they're like, all right, let's say we can stop it. But, but my, my best advice would be flcd22.com. Uh, I have an Instagram, which is again, Ariana's the Congress, Facebook, Ariana's the Congress. Uh, just same thing with, uh, rumble with, with, uh, uh, YouTube arianas arianas the congress if you put pete sometimes you get ariana grande so because she <laughs> i'm just saying it's like you gotta you know you, you go through some of this stuff but like i said just put in that you'll find you'll find everything out there and i i i, I welcome people come listen to the videos that we have on on flcd22.com and and you'll you'll enjoy them and you'll love them Okay, awesome. And like, and, and Just like you said, like and share. <laughs> That's right,
4: like and share. Uh, well, gentlemen, I appreciate you both being here. Let me just run through the donations over here on Foxhole and make sure that there are no additional questions. Uh, Karenza says, excellent. This was my question just the other day. Thanks, Zach. That was at the uh, beginning of the show, so I think that was probably the first one. Uh, thank you to Polly9363. A boneless chicken says, thank you for all you do, Zach. Wild200X says, thank you, RP, for all you do. It is so much Purposeful, thank you. Depatriot, thank you. Uh, woke and walked, said, God bless RP. Great candidates. Please send some up to the Northwest. <laughs> Gotta run. All right. Well, glad you were here for a minute. Uh, Sean Joe, Vinny 1765, a 5850 strong 17 and on, uh, twice, three times, and then also hangover gang dropping a cookie. All right, everyone, thank you so much for being here for this special roundtable presentation. Uh, and, gentlemen, I look forward to staying in touch with you, and I wish you both the best of luck in the race coming up and then also the race in November. Thank you, Zach. Thank Thanks you. again. And for right, everybody at home, good luck and God bless. Uh, I am leaving tomorrow around 9 a.m. to head to Orlando to go to the airport. You'll probably see some reports from the road, but until then, we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. is why his leadership is just unbelievable and he's an imperfect instrument he's not perfect like I'm not like you're not uh Benny but he's dedicated this I I, I
5: love the fact that I've been able to take the skill set that I've learned through education experience
6: and provide a platform right that people can now get motivated and remember our show is not just for passive witness our whole thing is you've got to get engaged I don't care what level this is a populist movement, and they fear that more than anything. I don't care if it's working on a campaign, being a precinct committeeman, being, going to a school board committee. Whatever you do, you can take those, uh, those talents that Divine Providence gave you and put them to work. And that's what the platform is, and that's why I think the platform has been pretty successful